third ever What Does God Say About podcast. And we are talking about a topic that is amazingly important right now um, that has to be talked about in the church and uh, that I feel like God has some special things he wants to share and give to you uh, through our guest speakers. We're talking about marriage and family. And uh, we have here with us um, Eric, who's our worship pastor, and then Sarah, our marriage and family pastor. And I thought it would be good to bring someone else in here. Um, I've been married for 30 years now, and so things have changed a little bit in the world uh, since then. You've been married for how many years, sir? Uh, 14. 14 and... 11. 11. Okay, so the, you know we're, I'm a couple decades beyond there. But um, all three of us, even though uh, I'm from a different generation than you two, uh, you're both millennials and I'm a Gen Xer, but... Uh, uh, we all have this burden uh, for marriage and bur- burden for family and parenting and uh, maybe a little different angle, a different perspective. And I thought it'd be good for all of us to come and share a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, Sarah, why don't we just have you start a little bit about, uh, tell us your burn, your passion, your hope, uh, maybe why you're sitting here at this table right now to talk about marriage and parenting. Yeah, so I come from a broken family and so does my husband. Um, so both of us have seen the effects of that and the just kind of the detrimental burden of coming from a broken family. Um, and we've always wanted something different for our family. Um, but lately God's been really stirring my heart, not just for our family personally, but for other families as well as we've watched friends walk through divorce and um, just watched, again, those same detrimental effects, you know, happen to them and their kids. Um, and so my, my burden and my hope is that we can create this idea of like whole, healthy, and connected families. And I think that as, as social media, and even media, like if I think back to TV shows like Leave It to Beaver or whatever, like there's this outward facing perfection of what families are supposed to be. But if you look at the Bible, um, God uses broken families. I mean, Adam and Eve raised the first murderer. Right. And um, I mean, you know, Mary and Joseph were pretty great, but they left their kid alone somewhere else for three days before they even like figured it out. So um, I just think that God uses dysfunctional families to write his story. And so when we get it right, we get to show his love and his hope and his intimacy with us. And when we get it wrong, he uses it to show his story of redemption. Oh, that's so good. You know, uh, one of the things that I want to be really clear here is that, um, you know, we all come from broken families, but there's no shame there. And we've got a burden uh, for families to be healthy. And I was just reading this morning uh, in my devotions about Abraham, where he's, I mean, two times he says, hey, uh, I'm just going to tell everybody that even though you're my wife, I'm going to tell them you're my sister. I'm like, that's that's not good family advice. That, that doesn't work well. And so, um, but still God is faithful in the covenant. I mean, Abraham almost threw the covenant away and just said, yeah, just take my wife, you know, and, um, but God is still faithful um, and he still brings life and healing. So thanks for saying that. And that's one of the things that I want to be clear through this whole time that no matter what family you come through um, or from or that you've created, 
uh, there is hope and there's life. So um, how about you, Eric? Tell us a little bit about your burden yeah. and about uh, why you're sitting here at this table. Yeah. Um, I mean, Sarah said it perfectly, and it's a lot of kind of how I feel just coming from uh, a broken family. It was this this burning desire to have a, a different trajectory for my mm-hmm. family line, you know, and say, you know what, we're not going to do that this way anymore. And I really, and I and I always just, thank Jesus for this because he's really, really shown me how to do this. Um, even when I mess up, he's so kind about it. And he's so like, all right, you messed up, but like, let's figure that out together and let's work through this. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my desire for families right now is, uh, because of Jesus having such an, I've, I've had to heavily rely on his guidance for this is to see more families deeply Christ-centered. And uh, I, I think everything just flows out of our relationship with Christ, right? And so he did such a good job modeling what it means to love other people and to value them and to have um, just just absolute uh, un, unfailing love for people, mm-hmm. you know? And we're going to fail, right? That's just, I've, I've done it so many times, you know, I've done it in the last couple of days, have failed to love my wife well and to love my kids well. But again, it's that, that, that desire to say, okay, I know I messed up, but I got to lean on Christ for this because he's going to help me bring me back to kind of the line, you know? So it's just, it's just my desire to see that. And I think right now there is it just feels to me like uh, there's a lack of that deep connection with Jesus, which then flows into our oh, marriages good. and our kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just, we have to find a way to get back to that right yeah. now. Cause I've, I've just seen so many of my friends just struggle. And like you said too, it's just so many of our friends getting divorced and I'm like, what is going on? So, yeah. yeah. Well, I think it, one of the things uh, with that, it, you know, um, right now, there are so many families that are broken, like all of ours were. Yeah. And um, so it's easy to just kind of say, yeah, well, so what? You know, your, your parents were divorced. Everybody's parents were divorced. Mm-hmm. I mean, and certainly that's not the case, but it feels like that. And, um, but, you know, the, the truth is, is the impact of that is still profound for every single one of those kids who are under it. And I th- when I talk about the burden that I have here, uh, I really, I think I see it certainly from the marital perspective, but I also see it from the kids' perspective where, you know, I watch my family and their marriage and, you know, dissolve and then, you know, my dad leave and just mom trying to raise us. And um, what just, I have this burden that that profoundly impacts kids, yeah. whether we want it to or not. And, and not to, again, not to put, a guilt on anyone because God redeems and is if we're going to invite Jesus back into any situation, any family situation, if we invite Jesus back into it, he'll bring something beautiful out of it. Yeah. He does it again and again. But if you don't bring Jesus into it and if you don't invite redemption into it, oh, the fallout. And, you know, I think it's Matthew 24, 12 says um, that the love of most will grow cold in these end days. And um, I have always thought, uh, even before we got through these crazy times that we're in right now, that 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 passage has to be talking about the breakdown of family. Because, you know, when you see people who are rejected, who feel invisible, who um, don't feel loved, they don't know where they're at, that that they were supposed to get in their family, that's when their love grows cold. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing, I think, a lot of the pain that we have right now in our nation is because families are broken and there is no redemption. 
There, there's no turning to Christ to come back to, to, between that. And it's not hard to see this correlation between broken families and a broken world and a loveless world. And that's just not God's heart. And that's why I wanted to talk about this, because God's heart is for us to thrive. And marriage is a good thing. Proverbs tells us that he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And family is it's not perfect, and sure, it's hard, but boy, it is a, it's such a powerful force and yeah. a beautiful thing when we invite Christ in the middle of it. Absolutely. So, Eric, maybe you can talk a little bit more. You, you shared that um, you, know, you have a broken family, but you have a new legacy. Sure. Or you had a broken family. So yeah, you have, yeah. your family's not broken no, now. No, that's good. Um, <laughs> but uh, you're developing a new legacy. So what, tell yeah. us a little bit, like, well, you know, I, I know that um, both you and I have talked about this before, how we kind of felt like we were making it up. Like, mm-hmm. well, we, we know we're not going to do that, so what do we do? Uh, and so what have <laughs> yeah. you learned for, like, just key strategies, Sure. Um, you know, your, your keys for a, a new legacy uh, to have a thriving family and marriage? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and um, <laughs> so much of my childhood was, you know, based on, selfishness, you know, and my wants and desires and, you know, and seeing others around me. But like, I think when we kind of flip that on its head and say, you know what, I'm going to honor my family. I'm going to honor my kids and my wife. I'm going to value them. And I'm going to, I want, I want to have the eyes of Jesus for my wife and the, and the eyes of Jesus for my, how does he see them? You know, and I want to see them like that. <laughs> you know, I just think about like, even when I'm frustrated and I'm angry, like, I still want to see them like he does, yeah. you know, and a lot of, and I've had to, I've had to really learn how to not react to things and just take a deep breath and say, okay, God, <laughs> like, how do you, how do you see them? Because I'm struggling right mm-hmm. now, you know, and, and that's okay. And in that moment, Jesus will meet you, you know, and if you ask that prayer, I mean, he is, this is how much I think he just, he loves marriage and he loves family is because it's almost immediately when I ask that question, he gives me those eyes to see it. It's not like one of those things like, okay, well you pray. And then, you know, a week later, you're going to finally get the revelation from God of like how we see. No, it's like immediate for me, you know? And I think he wants like right now, let's fix this now. And so it's just, um, you know, that new legacy. And I want to, I want that to pour over to my kids too. Mm -hmm. You know, as they grow up, I want to see them, seeing others as he does, you know, because that, I mean, without that, I mean, we're going to, we're going to have, you know, um, a bad taste in our mouth with people, you know, we're going to become cynical, you know, and I, and I do not want that. And for my family, that's a new legacy. (laughs) You know, one of the things that, um, when I've been, um, officiating weddings, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you you talk about the happiness and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, one of the things that I've been telling couples, uh, it doesn't matter because they're not listening to me in any way. They're just wondering, like, when do we get to the reception? But I, I tell them uh, <laughs> where we're, we're sitting there, I'll, I'll tell them, you know, um, God didn't bring you together for your happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually brought you together for your growth. Yeah. And so when you talk about that, like seeing people like Jesus sees them, to understand that this unit that God brings together is actually so my kids can see what God the Father is like by the way that you act. And so my wife can um, be encouraged and you could bring out the best in her. And so my husband could be challenged and supported to become who he's meant to be in Christ. And I think if we would just kind of understand like, yeah, there's happiness Mm -hmm. um, and there's dissatisfaction as well, but it's really the purpose is your growth. 
and what Jesus wants to do in my kids, I love that. Yeah. And what Jesus wants to do in my wife or my husband, um, it changes the whole way you go through the Absolutely. whole thing. So I kind of cut you off. Did you have anything no, that's, else? No, that's, that's okay. yeah, it's, I mean, that's a bit of basically it. That was, that's the new legacy I want to set. So. Okay. And now you talked both about seeing kind of the pain that's out there right now. So, um, and you, a lot of us have seen a lot of divorce around us and our friends and people walking with Jesus and not walking with Jesus. And, and it just, uh, it's a difficult time, I think, to be married and to stay married. And so uh, maybe from your perspective, like wh what do you think is causing the struggle right now and the difficulty um, and the delusion, disillusion of marriage around us right now. Yeah, I and and just the things that I've seen, you know, is this this selfishness, you know, how we want things our way, and we don't we don't necessarily want to bring our spouse in along with us, or want to bring uh, our kids along with us, and not even bring them along with us, but like, hey. What are your desires? What do you want? You know, and to be able to like work together in that. And it's, there. there's a very, I think just a very split in families of this, this selfish desire that we all have. Sure. We really do, you know, but uh, the lack of humility is a big thing that I'm seeing right now is like to admit when you're wrong about something. And that's hard for even me. You know, it's hard for my wife too. Is like, you know, when you're in the moment, you're heated about something or you, you the last thing you want to do is go, well, babe, I'm really sorry. Sure. <laughs> I messed up, yeah. you know, and I, it may take me a minute, but I, I get there, you know, I get there tip, you know, pretty quick usually. Cause I'm, I'm a people pleaser at heart, I mm -hmm. think. And so I just kind of want things to end, but I have to, I have to not have that in mind. I have to like be genuine about it and say, okay, God, show me what I did wrong here. Cause, cause this ain't right. You know, even if I think I'm 100% right there's still something I did wrong, yeah. you know? And so just the lack of humility I'm, I'm really seeing right now and just selfish desires. Hmm. Yeah. So um, we're going to shift a little bit to parenting, but um, before we do, do you have any other thoughts on um, what's going on with uh, the families that you see and the marriages? And Yeah, so I have just kind of noticed that in the families and stuff that I've talked to that people are afraid to talk about the messy stuff in marriage. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of people, even with each other in a marriage, um, they don't want to talk about the hard stuff. And so they just figure out, well, if I step away just a little bit, um, I can be, this won't feel so hard. And they just keep taking little steps away from wow, each other gosh. over and over and over again until yep. it's 20 years later. And they're like, well, we just grew apart. Well, you took lots of little right, steps true. along the way right. when you could have, you know, moved toward connection. Wow. So, and like I said, like you said, there's not, there's not guilt in that. I think that it's just this undercurrent thing of, I don't want to be uncomfortable. So mm -hmm. I'm going to just move away a little bit so that things feel less tense. Yeah. You know, um, it gets so complicated, you know, and I've had so many people in my office. You guys have had people in your offices where like all the issues and like, well, I'm trying, but they're not. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just like so complicated, but, um, the solution that you're offering there is pretty simple. And I think it really is. Um, and it is to just continue to decide and to, to press in towards your spouse in the little ways mm -hmm. uh, with these difficult things, with the fun things, but just to continually choose over and over and over to close that distance. Mm -hmm. But it's so easy to not. And once you stop, 
um, it's so easy to continue to not, mm -hmm. and then it becomes really, really complicated yeah. and uh, really difficult to, mm -hmm. to close those chasms once yes. they've opened up. And painful and hard, and, and uh, boy, I have so much compassion for those who go through that because I've watched it. I, you know, my family uh, did that, and, uh, and I see many of my friends do that. Mm -hmm. But uh, it is a simple thing that's so difficult and so easy to forget. Yeah, as you go yeah and I, I read recently that um, the average couple waits like seven years to get help right. after yeah. something happens. And, and at that point in time, you're already like worlds apart. Mm, so, sure. you know, I would just say like, you know, get help early. Don't be afraid to talk about it with each other or with your small group or mm -hmm. with your community and yeah, yeah take those steps. Yeah. yeah. Can, Can I, I add something? Yeah, that? please do. really good, uh, you know, and, and I'll, and I'll be, you know, the guinea pig here. My wife and I actually, we waited a long time to actually go through intensive counseling, you know, and thankfully God kind of helped a lot, helped reveal a lot of things to me, but I'm like, why didn't we do this sooner? Like, you know, and I think there's such a stigma with counseling right now. It's like, well, I don't want to share my problems. No, I don't want to share, you know, well, if you don't talk about them, you don't get in the messy stuff like you were talking about. I mean, it's just going to be swept on the rug. We're not going to deal with it. They're going to surface later in a real ugly way, you know. And we have to we have to deal with our issues, and we have to deal with them quickly, you know. And, um, yeah, it's just that that's a, you know, going back to that burden thing, I'm like, well, get some help. Like, get some help now before it's too late, so. Yeah, that's good. Um, so I'm going to actually kind of skip ahead um, and I want, from where we plan on going, and I want to talk about... Um, uh, it's kind of a big idea. Uh, we always want to say, well, what does God say? What does the Bible say about uh, marriage? And, and I'm going to, you know, speaking of uh, the... Uh weddings that you do you know you always go to first corinthians 13 and that's the big love chapter here and i've preached this at a number of weddings i, I don't use it so much anymore but um i just want to bring up one of the things that the bible says and in first corinthians 13 verse 1 it says if i speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love i'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and on all and all knowledge. There we go. <laughs> and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give I, all I possess to the poor, surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Now, here's the part I want you to catch. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Mm -hmm. One of the things uh, that Gene and I, when we're talking with couples in premarital, the, one of the first things that I want them to get is marriage is not 50-50. Um, and if you think it is, you think about it. If it's 50-50, then you both have to be going 100%. You got to do your total 50. They got to do their total 50, and then you'll meet one another. And that seldom happens. And so if you're, if you're thinking, well, when they do this, then I will. Or once they do this, then I'll respond. You've already lost the battle. And yeah. uh, you have to understand that marriage is 100 a hundred. And so the beautiful thing about that is if I'm going to just always love, um, then when my spouse fails, we're covered. Yeah. If they're only given 2%, but I'm given a hundred, we still meet each other. Yeah. You know, if they're given 15% and I'm still given a hundred, we meet each other. And so this, uh, this passage is so important for marriage because love is a choice. And one of the things that makes me so frustrated is when, well, I just don't feel 
in love with you anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, did you ever feel in love? You know, I, I guess you felt all sorts of romantic feelings, but love, sure. love is a decision. I don't think when Jesus was up on the cross, he was saying, man, I just feel so warm about all these people and their sin right now, you know? It, it <laughs> yeah. was, no, I, I'm choosing to love them right. despite their ugliness. And, and that's what our love is. And so love is patient there. That means that I'm going to choose to be patient. Mm -hmm. Love is kind, I'm going to choose to be kind. I'm not gonna feel patient with them. I'm not gonna feel kind towards them. I'm gonna be that towards them. Mm. And so this 100 to 100 is, I mean, if you're not sure how to take a step towards your spouse, go to 1 Corinthians 13, okay. 4, and you got a, a little game plan there. Choose to be patient, choose to be kind, choose not to envy, choose not to boast, choose not to be proud, don't be rude. I mean, keep no record of wrong, choose to protect, to choose to persevere. And you do all these choices, and uh, these little hundred, hundred coverings um, take your marriage to a place where you have life yeah. and um, you can meet one another. So sure. Any thoughts on that or other secrets for um, <laughs> uh, marriage? You know, and I'm yeah. actually you've noticed I'm probably going to shift out of parenting because I think that that's our next podcast. Yeah. So I think this <laughs> yeah. marriage topic is just too big. So yeah, we're going to come well, back to that. If I can say bit. one thing on that, it's that, you know, you guys, you were talking about how important Jesus is to this that I think it's easy to to separate like this is my relationship with God this is my relationship with my husband and this is my relationship with my kids but the truth is that I love my husband out of the overflow of my relationship oh, so with Jesus yep. and I love my kids out of the overflow of my relationship mm -hmm. with my husband so yeah they're all separate and there's different tools you know for each one but you know, if this one's not right, if that relationship with Jesus isn't starting everything, um, it, it, you know, or if something in your marriage is wrong, that trickles down to your parenting too. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I love that. And um, I think this idea of saying, okay, I'll just continue uh, to choose out of the overflow of my heart. And, you know, if this is, if, I really want to encourage you um, to bring Jesus into your relationship. And, um, if you haven't, um, and if you're struggling, the very first thing is, okay, Jesus, how do I love her? Jesus, how do I love him? And I, I think that we just kind of forget that sometimes. It's like he is for your family, and you can sit down and what he's given you, seek him. Okay, now show me, Lord, and that'll pour out and he'll give you divine strategies to close the distance. And I've seen that time and time again where it's just like, I, oh, I'm so frustrated with her, I don't know what to do right now. But if I'll humble myself, which you talked about, go to Jesus, the source of all that I have. Okay, Lord, you love her. You know, you love this marriage. Now give me the strategy. And these strategies will come from heaven, you know, that God will give us uh, to close the distance. So, yeah. So, um, I want to talk just a little bit, uh, since uh, I'm older and you're younger. I'm not going to say I'm old. I'm just older. Um, but, you know, I know that families have changed a little bit. And, uh, you know, for my generation, um, a big issue in marriage was roles. And I think it's because a lot of us saw dads who were just like, you know, it's my way and, you know, give me my slippers and all that kind of stuff. So we're like, we reacted to that. And so a lot of uh, men in my generation kind of said, well, uh, they just kind of backed off from leadership uh, and engaging in a role. And, you know, they didn't want to step up uh, because they didn't want to step on, 
you know, and, and I understand that, but I, I think we lost something good as we were correcting the bad in the middle of that. And then, so then when guys my age would um, try to step up, we'd be like, okay, go be the leader. Well, they would make a move and the wife would be like, what are you doing? And then kind of slap them down, you know, and it was just this cycle. And the wife would be frustrated. Well, my husband's not a leader and because he was afraid to lead and she didn't want him to lead. And it was just this mess. And so that was one of the big things we always had to work on. Um, but now in your generation, I'm imagining maybe there's different uh, problems or you see different issues. And I'm, I'd like to hear from you how family issues have changed. And, and really what do you see is the Gen Z or the millennial issue in uh, in families that occurs again and again. Well, I think <laughs> that um, off the like top of my head, technology is the first thing that comes mm. to mind. It is it's at you know at our fingertips all the time, and um, you know even when I was a kid, you couldn't binge watch anything. Like you couldn't numb yourself with technology mm. the way that you can. And like I was saying earlier, I think so many people they don't want to talk about the hard stuff, so they numb themselves out with social media or Netflix or you know alcohol or whatever it is, and it helps them not have to talk about it. Um, so I think that not talking about it is the, the root of it, yeah. um, but I think that the that technology has just made it really, really easy to, to numb out and not choose connection. That's interesting, because I've had um, a, a number of couples uh, handful that that um, video games is the problem where <laughs> or at least one of the big problems and yeah. it's it's actually the symptom I mean, the problem is what you're talking about it's numbing yourself it's sure. it's connection but um that wasn't a 15 years ago that wasn't something that i was talking about with couples of like hey you can't play eight vi hours of video games every day <laughs> but there are husbands that are doing that right now mostly husbands i imagine wives that do that as well and uh, that whole idea of wow, this is a new world where uh, that, that thing that seems like, well, it's just my relaxing, it's just my fun, is actually driving a wedge in between marriages. Yeah. 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 I think, you know, just, you know, especially out of technology, um, there comes a whole nother world of issues that come out of that, you know. I mean, you're talking about, you know, like you said, numbing yourself, separation, you know, you think about like the the access to pornography, mm -hmm. all this other stuff. I mean, it's I mean, it is wild that I mean that. And I think about even I've talked to several people, you know, our age or, you know, who have kids my age. You know, I'm like, I am. I can't believe this world they have to grow up in. Like, it's going to be so much even yeah. different for them mm -hmm. than it was for us. And so I don't see like a whole lot of, you know. Uh, I mean, God is obviously using amazing things, things that we see that like are like, oh, those are terrible things. But God uses them all to like for his glory and f to kind of redeem things and redeem marriages and stuff. But it's not getting easier, I don't think, mm -hmm. you know, especially for us, especially for our kids. It's not these these issues um, are just completely different than, say, your generation. And it's. It's just not getting easier, you know. I think a lot there's a lot of problems that um, we're just not willing to talk about, and I don't think we've been willing to talk about for a long time. That's why I'm so grateful that we have you who are willing to talk about these kind of things, you know, as our senior pastors, our leader here, not only here but even on a weekend. Like, hey, let's we need to talk about this. This is a problem, you know. And so, if the if a Christian man or a Christian woman or a pastor or a church is not willing to talk about these things who's going to? So, 
you know, and they're going to, they're going to find fulfillment in whatever else. Sure. So, and it goes back to just having, you know, as these problems surface and as these issues become more and more prevalent in our age and our time, our connection with Jesus is even more and more and more important. Mm. We have to stay connected with him because we're just, we're, we don't have a fighting chance otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what I'd like you both to uh, help us wrap up with is just some strategies and uh, of let's uh, end this uh, with hope yeah. and uh, how we can go forward and um, give us maybe a few handles uh, so we can see life come into our marriages uh, wherever we are. Um, but uh, one thing, uh, I guess one, it's just such an obvious, it's almost cliche, but um, I don't want anyone to forget the power of prayer in our marriage, in our family, in our parenting. Um, when you just uh, ask God to come in and intervene and to change a person's heart, to set up circumstances, I, I can't say how many times, or Gina's prayed for me, like, oh, God, you've got to change that guy. Mm-hmm. And then it takes months, sometimes even years, and then all of a sudden I'll say, I, I think I've changed on that thing and I don't know why. Yeah. And Gina just is kind of smiling because she's like, because my prayers are powerful. So, you know, um, don't, don't ever forget how important that yes. is to cry Absolutely. out on behalf of your spouse and on your marriage. Mm-hmm. So that's just one simple strategy, but give us some, give us some hope. We'll start with you, Sarah. Okay. Um, all right. So um, I would say that when you're in like a, an area of conflict with your spouse, that changing the goal of the conflict um, from being agreement to being understanding. So there are That's some so things that my husband and I probably will never agree on. Yeah. Um, but when we come to each other and the goal of the conversation is to understand each other instead of being in agreement, it makes a big difference. Oh, that's gold. Yeah. Yeah. Communication is uh, hearing and being heard. Yeah. It's not getting your way. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, there's a number of things that Gina and I, uh, nutrition, we will never agree <laughs> on nutrition. <laughs> And I will always want chips and nachos, and she will always want good for you stuff. And that's just how it's going to be. That's so familiar. And it's caused real fights. Yeah. But I understand her. She understands me. Yes. So, yeah. Well, mine's kind of actually on the same line, and what, you know, just being super intentional about your communication. And uh, one of the things I learned and I talked about too is just in our, um, our intensive marriage retreat that we did. The big thing that was, it just will never leave me again, ever again, is uh, validating my wife, you know, and her validating oh, me good. is like, again, we may not disagree, may not agree on it, but I hear you. I hear, I look at her in her eyes and say, I hear you. And I, I understand where you're coming from. And, um, and just, there's a process of how to have effective communication and, to be able to learn how to do that and do it well, you know, I think it's going to cause, it's, it's just going to, you know, be able to reflect so many issues in your marriage. And so just the communication thing's huge. You know, that brings me back to that um, idea of love and love and respect are such an important part mm-hmm. of, uh, of marriage. And um, the, both of those things are a choice, you yeah. know, and so it's to not tear down your wife. Mm-hmm around others and to not tear down your husband and you know yeah. when they're all together yes. and uh, I, I have to just I'm so thankful for Gina that she protects me when she's with other people and yeah. she's got plenty of content I've given her more than enough to work yes. with you know yeah. and uh, but she doesn't Same use here. it against me she doesn't she, she protects me and mm-hmm. she honors me in front of other people yes and I, I mean, you may have noticed on the pulpit like 
the stories, like the guy messing up there, it's not Gina. Uh, and she does mess up sometimes, but I, I'm not going to tear her down or um, I'm going to look in everything that I do to choose to like honor her, to cherish her. And then she chooses to respect me in, in all that she does. Yeah. So. Good. All right. Any other? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've got millions. Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> how, <laughs> just long, kidding. how long do we really have? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, um, I think along with that, Justin and I kind of have a, like a competition whenever we're in a disagreement of who can say, like, what do you need first? And like enter, like, and get to that place of like, what I want doesn't matter, mm -hmm. but what do you need? Um, or how can I serve you? Uh, what do you need to feel right now? Uh, and that typically just kind of dissipates the argument because you feel heard, yeah. you yep. feel seen. So yep. that's a big deal. And we really just focus on making sure that we tell each other about ourselves. So I don't come to him and say, well, you're a jerk and you this and you that. Um, but to say like, I feel sad when this yes. happens. Yes. Um, and so rather than coming at it like attacking um, yeah, just trying to communicate my heart and what I feel and what I need. Um, and then he's a super powerful, awesome person and can make a good choice Yeah. at yeah. that point. So. Well, th there's a real power to where, um, being honest with who you are there. And to say, I think it's a good thing to say, I need, mm -hmm. I wish, I hope, I desire. Uh, I think that sometimes we're afraid to do that in our relationships. Yes. And then to also understand who can actually fulfill what need. And um, so uh, the whole uh, another Hollywood line, you know, you complete me, the stupidest thing that anyone's ever said. So um, listen, if you're not married, get complete first in Jesus, yes, then go get go. married, okay? Because if you're looking for the other person to complete you, you're yeah. going to be sorely disappointed. And so some of the things that I look to Gina for, actually, it's not fair. She doesn't have the capability to answer some of these needs. It's things that only Jesus really can do in yes. my heart. Yes. Um, but those are real needs. And so it's like, okay, do I bring that to Gina or do I bring that to Jesus or, you know, do I bring that to Eric? And, we, yeah. you know, I need to go fishing or something yeah. like that, you know, <laughs> and um, to not put these expectations on one another that they can't fulfill. Yeah. So, yeah. And so. I think, I think another thing that goes along that lines is that like to get a whole healthy family, you need whole healthy people. Right. And so I think that it's really easy in marriage, you know, we come in broken and with baggage and if we don't if we don't deal with that personally and my own heart splinters and my own stuff, like it just festers yeah. up and comes out. So mm -hmm. definitely like if you're not married, work through your stuff beforehand as much as you can or be willing to know that like you and your husband are going to have to work through it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, another great question is whose issue is this? And I'm all mad at Gina, but it's my stuff. You know, yeah. it's my hurt from my childhood, you know, and, and to get a hold of that. And, um, you know, I, I've been through counseling a, a few times now. Um, and I'd suggest it. If you, you came through a broken family, listen, talk to your pastors or, or talk to Calvin or a counselor or, um, you know, go through a prayer appointment here. But work through those things mm -hmm. so that you're not expecting your, well, really putting your baggage on to your spouse. And so many of the things that Gina does wrong are actually me. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it's my, I have this lens of my own stuff that colors what she yeah. does. And as long as you've got that on, it's going to be really hard to see her just like you started us off yeah. as Jesus sees yeah. her or yeah. him. So, yeah. All right. We've got so much more we can talk about. I'm glad we didn't cover parenting. So this is our third ever podcast and I'm uh, making it our first ever two-part podcast. There we go. There we so go. We're going we're gonna to need to come back, I'm sure. Good. And uh, I want to talk about parenting yeah. next time. And yeah. I think um, you guys are, are right in the to. middle of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, my kids are 
mostly gone. I got one more in the house, uh, so I'm at a little different stage. So we'll come back, I think, next time and talk about parenting. Uh, but thank you so much yeah, for you. what you had to offer. Yeah. And uh, uh, we love you guys. Uh, just uh, keep um, following what Jesus has to say. Go to the Word, uh, Corinthians 13, uh, yes. and choose to love. Love you guys. See you soon.